The next stop is Knickerbocker Avenue. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's Fortune 500. Uh-huh. Our burn hits production. That's right. And we repping for the New York Knicks. Live from the garden, the Knicks game starting. The blue and the orange, the best five starting. Regardless if it's close or a large margin. We hungry for a win. The fan base starving. Bounding, astounded. Dishing and we swishing. We run the whole city. Ain't no competition. From Patrick to Willis. Frazier to Strickland. The next generation. We carry on tradition. Year after year. Season after season, yeah. arena full of fans, screaming out defense, playoff intensity, got our hearts beating, the sneakers keep squeaking, hear the heart breathing, Whoa. swishing through the net, yeah. the players take flight, flight. vibing with the vets, the coaches need a fight, head them with attack, the players about to fight, yeah. it's all about respect, ain't taking any slight, no. a piece of the apple, about to take a bite, right. about to take a ride, up to new heights, this is our year, the future real bright, right. shining real bright like the New York City lights. The Knickerbocker Avenue Fan Forum on the Bleed Blue Show. Welcome one, welcome all to the Knickerbocker Avenue Fan Forum. I'm your boy, the infamous one himself, Knickerbocker Avenue. I'm joined by my boy, Steve. Steve, how you doing? How's your week? Knickerbocker Ave, how you doing? It's been uh, real chill, man. Real, real chill. Um, just relaxing. Um, yeah, looking, looking forward to talk Knicks this first half and then getting to the rest of the NBA in the second half. I thought we left a lot of meat on the bone uh, last week's episode for the Knicks because we were starting to talk about the bench, then we converted to the rest of the NBA. So ready to talk all that stuff. Got some thoughts and notes to share with you. Got Don with us. So look forward to talk with you guys. Oh, shit. I mean, the, 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 this is going to be a, a great show, man. This Because... Anytime Dom is is in the building, it's gonna get interesting. It's gonna get colorful. It's gonna get heated. Dom, how the hell are you? How you doing, man? And um, since I didn't see you this past weekend, happy Father's Day to you, sir. Thank you, Ab. What's up, gentlemen? Good evening, Stephen. Let's roll. Good evening. Let's roll. So, so, so Steve, where we left off last week, we were talking about the bench. And you know right. what the possi- what the possibility to do is now that this is I don't know how truthful this report is so, I, so, so it's all, I'm almost kind of embarrassed that I'm even mentioning it but apparently there's some report from some Steve Popper I, 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 I've never heard of this person or I think I've heard of him in passing he's kind of like one of those you know fly by night bloggers in here and there and apparently there's an unrest by young Obi Toppin. And, re- and, and kind of like requesting a change of scenery, so to speak. Um, I know that you know, you're not into rumors, but say this rumor, no. this rumor has any kind of any kind of credibility. That's, what would you go? I, I would I would like to look at it like this. And I don't want to sound brash because we get too deep with this rumor shit, man. Let's just focus on the facts. Let's focus on what we know because we get into this rumorville rabbit hole, and it's just ongoing rubbish. Whether he wanted to trade or not is not the issue. I have Obi Toppin. And as a matter of fact, he's a focal point I wanted to bring up in this first 45 minutes. And let's talk about Obi Toppin. What is cool. Obi Toppin? 
How is Obi uh, Toppin? I look at Obi, okay, mismanaged, misused, and I cannot wrap my finger about it because we spent the, pretty much the last two episodes I have talking about Nick's development. I don't know it's the chicken or the egg with Obi Toppin. Is it Obi Toppin or is it the Nick's development? Who You could always tie to all, all the other plays we talked about last week, the starters for the most part. And then we, we got to get into quickly because I wanted to talk about that as well. But as far as Obi Toppin, when you look at him statistically and look at him at the data, um, is he's weird because he upped the three-point shooting uh, this year versus the previous two years, which is, you know, it's weird because he makes them, he gets streaky, and it looks like he's going to have a good night, and then he'll start missing a lot in a row. So he's a very streaky you know, he upped his average, so I got to give him credit. He's right under the league average at 34% ab. But that, to me, he, he doesn't seem like uh, a guy that's in the half-court offense to try to swing the ball to him to just chuck away threes. I think defenses play to that, and they dare him to shoot. And he's been a little bit better, slightly under the three, uh, the league average with that. I just don't think that's necessarily his game per se, what I thought he would have been out of the day. And I thought he would have been more Amari Stoudemire uh, when he came out of high school and he played for the uh, Phoenix Suns. I thought he would have been more that with his athleticism, rebounding, mid-range. I, I, I just, you know, I don't understand the game plan. I, maybe Dom can educate me. I know Dom is always in these Knicks spaces top, chopping it up. So I, I, I'll leave it at that. Leave some meat on the bone for you guys. If You know, I'll go back to you, Abby, if you want to go to Dom on OB. Because I don't think that's his game. Even though it's good that he improved it, he could be a whole lot more useful for the Knicks. And and I don't know the answer on how the Knicks are what their plan is. And it goes always goes back to that with the Knicks. Always goes back to that. That's kind of that's kind of like the, the, the going trend is that Obi Toppin is is in a quagmire position because he's listed as a power forward. He's he looks more of a wing. He he kind of plays a little bit more like a wing. He doesn't really play like the you know the, like the true power forward position in you know to, you know to my liking, and you know yes he did up his three point shooting yes he has the ability to you know to impact the game if given the, the proper time and obviously that's going to give the the fire Tom Thibodeau chance you know um you know more you know more gas in the flame, but I don't know I, I'm. I don't see Obi Toppin the same way as everybody else does. I, I just don't. Well, can I ask you a question? And if you could go to Dom and sure. get his thoughts. Does it bother you that Obi Toppin's uh, free throw attempts probably decreased by, let's say, 60 65% from the previous season? So meaning his total free throws uh, in, the, in the regular season was what, 124 and two, uh, not this past season, but the season before that. But this past season, he only shot went to the line under fifty times. How does that happen? I mean, he's making Easy. them at eighty-one percent. He's making them at eighty-one percent. So you're, so if you're a guy who's making eighty-one percent of his free throws, that's a lot of missed opportunities at the line for free points. So I'm thinking it's more of a misusage of OB. Hey, listen, I think we could blame, we could put the blame on his personal development as well. I, I, I want to hear from Dom and get his thoughts on that because he's, you know, I'm not this Obi Toppin is going to change the world type of guy. I just think there's something wrong there with between the management, the coaching, and the utilization of him. Because if he's shooting at 81% from the line, he should get to the line at least 115 times in the year. 
with his athleticism. He, he's a good body. He's got a good NBA body as far as drawing contact. I don't see why not. And how does he does how do he does that the year before that and goes down to just chucking away threes? Well, that explains it. He's shooting too many threes. But go ahead, let's get his thoughts because he shot like almost a hundred more threes from two seasons ago to last year. So it, it tells you he's not going to the line. Well, that, 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 that's, that's a big key thing. But and, and and I mean, fortunately, he is shooting at the league average. But Dom, what do you what's your take on that? Because I don't feel comfortable with with him taking so many threes, and I would prefer him slashing, you know, you know, and getting to the basket and, and creating opportunities and possibly mismatches. What say you? Obi Obi Toppin has become the new Frank Milikina with the with the torn between this group and that group. I, I don't look at it that way. Steve brings up a great point. Steve asked and answered. Excuse me, his own question. He ain't going to the line because he ain't going to the basket. He ain't going to the line because even when he goes to the basket, it's because he leaped. Hence the reason you got a guy that's, what, 6'9", averaging barely three three rebounds a night. These are the downsides of OB Toppin. 2.8 rebounds, guys. He's 6'9", averaging a good 16, 16 and a half minutes a game. Granted, that's not a lot of time, but let's not forget, I'm tired of hearing this too. You know, oh, who cares if Randall gets 25, 10, and 5? Well, you know what? It's got to be kind of hard to try to give Obi minutes. I don't care if the guy's name was Julius Randall or Julius Caesar. He's a two-time All-Star. It's going to be hard for you to get minutes. But when you do get them, try to find yourself and put yourself in productive situations. We had this conversation last year with him standing out at the three-point line, or this year, I should say, earlier on in the year. Everybody's going to blame the coach. I watch the games. I've heard Thibodeau say a hundred times, move, move. He stands in the corner. It's, no, it's, not a, it's not a miracle or some Chinese arithmetic of why he's shooting less free throws. And he's not consistent. I don't care if he's at 34 night at the league average. He's not shooting as many as the average person that's shooting threes, but he's shooting too many for a guy that is not that efficient at it. There are times, people, you got to look at the numbers and say, the numbers are a little shrouded. Can I, because, can, um, I, can I ask you this real quick? Or not even ask you, just add to what you're saying, and I agree with you. We okay. need to find a stat, because we talked about it with Grimes. We need to find that mm-hmm. stat and put it into this all. What is these cats' three-point percentage with contested and non-contested, because I think Obi's is a lot of non-contested threes. And if it's a lot of non-contested threes, you should be up maybe five more percentage points than your average. I think he gets a lot of wide-open shots that a lot of these cats don't see in the NBA. What are your thoughts? Continue on. That, that's one of my points, Steve. Again, there are certain people where you look at and you say, you know what, this don't take, and again, I don't want to keep saying this, this don't take Chinese arithmetic to figure this out. Come on, guys. Everybody talks about the the good games he had in the playoffs. Yes, he did. And they would have been better if he didn't shoot too many threes. There aren't many nights. His 34.4% is almost right because I venture to say without even looking, more than 75% of the games he played in the playoffs with his limited minutes, he shot under 500. 
from three. And in some cases, well under 500 or 50%, whatever you want to say. I understand what the league average is. The league average is for a year. But in games, this guy is shooting too many threes, people. You're 6'9". You're supposed to be this super athletic fly to the basket. And the only time you do that is when you leak out on a break, which is putting your team in a hole. Because, again, Mm -hmm. you're coming in, you're replacing a power forward. I don't care what he looks like. He's He's tapped to be a power forward. He's coming he's in. He's, he's replacing a power forward. And you're mm-hmm. getting two and a half rebounds a night because you're leaking. That means somebody else, the backup center or a shooting guard or guard, is having to hit the boards because you're gone already. This, these are the things. And, again, guys, y'all, y'all know me long enough. I never pick or choose an individual player. I don't fall in love with individual players. I am a Knicks fan. But OB Toppin has become the new Frank Nilakina. You got the stands that will think this guy's the next coming to Connie Hawkins. And you know what? He just might be. But he might just he just might not be it as a New York Knicks. He is one of the guys I'm hoping, without getting into the rumors that they do trade to upgrade our roster, point blank, period. Nothing against Obi Toppin, guys. You know, I've seen enough. I don't care about the the running he probably has, whatever, with Tom Thibodeau. That happens all the time, people. Let's not act like this is some groundbreaking news, like this never happened before in sports, period. It happened. But I don't think that would be the reason they push him out the door. I think the Knicks, we, we, we can say what we want about development and lack thereof, but there are, some, there are some times, folks, where you say, you know what? You know what, Ab? I think I've seen enough. You know, I, this car got a nice interior, but it, it's just not me. So that's, that's how I look at Obi, and he, he can be replaced, <clears throat> and you never know what we're going to get. I mean, again, He'll be up for a new contract after this year, after this year comes. So do you cut your losses? Because I don't see his long-term future with the Knicks. I'm, I'm just being honest. You know, his, I think there's something between the ears and the brain that's a little loose. I, I don't know if he thinks if he becomes this six-foot-nine knockdown three-pointer that's going to up his value in this new analytic NBA. It just ain't working, fellas. Not at six nine, not as a power forward, not with the organization you're with. And guess what, guys? The Knicks were the fourth best offensive team in the league with this chaotic type play. So, hey, again, guys, I'm going to end it with this. I have nothing against him. But I think it's time we move on from him and let him move on from us, and maybe he'll be what he thinks and some of these fans thinks he's supposed to be. Right, what do you so, think? Uh, I, um, I agree with Dom. Um, look, I'm not in love with Obi Toppin. Um, you know, I, I like him. Um, I think he's a great piece, and I think he does have great upside. 
But if you're going to be spelling Julius Randle, who's averaging 25, 10, and, and 5, as you know, it's already been noticed and repeated a bunch of times, especially already in this offseason, and you're getting 15 to 20 minutes, but you're not getting the rebounds that Julius brings, you're just, take, you're just chucking up a whole lot more threes. So, therefore, you're not getting to the line as much. And, you, you, you know, the numbers just go down when you're on the floor. Now, given his numbers go up when Julius was injured and he showed out a little bit, I'm not going to deny that. But the reality is, is that I do think that OB would benefit tremendously if he were somewhere else. Um, where exactly? I don't know. Phoenix? The Clippers? Hell, even Brooklyn at this point. Because I think that, you know, that um, there is an opportunity there. If, if, if the Knicks can, you know, somehow, you know, get involved in, in either the Chris Paul, you know, you know, move or or whatever. I mean, there's there's a possibility, you know, for Obi Toppin to either end up in Brooklyn or even in Washington, because now that Washington traded Kristaps um, Porzingis, we'll talk about that later. Um, but I mean, he wouldn't. He needs to be in, you know, on a younger team that's really not competing yet. That you know, the, the, you know, they're still trying to figure things out. That way, he can start showing out, you know, what he really can do if given, you know, the heavy minutes and, and, and given the heavy responsibility. And when he fizzles out, just like almost every other Nick that you know that, that the fans clamor to, i.e., Frank Nilakina, i.e., Dennis Smith Jr., i.e., Cam Reddish. Real quick, real quick, because, listen, I agree with both what you're dominant saying. I'm not trying to play pro bono for Obi Toppin, but you're naming a whole bunch of players, and it goes back to one thing, the development. So it's like, you know, I agree. Listen, how we're utilizing them is not working. And it goes to a bigger issue with the uh, development of the team. Like, why are all these players, Dennis Smith Jr., that was Don's boy, right? And then Lakina, Cam Reddish, I mean, you can mention Kevin Knox. We could go on and on and on. It, to me, it's an issue with the organization, how we get the best out of the players based on what we're doing, right? But can it I does. say one thing about that, Steve? Because we had that conversation once before, too, Steve. Sometimes it is on, some of this burden has to be placed on Steve. Steve got to do the working out. Steve got to want to do the extras to be I, improved. We've been over this, Steve. We see, I agree. We see Mitchell Robinson shooting threes looking like Earl Monroe when the game they being played. I am 100% but, with you, right? But I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, we're in agreement. I guess we could look at it more dividing the percentage of the blame because we could list three rosters with all these players we're naming, and that goes back to one thing. It, goes, it really does. But I'm with you. Development. I, I don't have so these yeah, players. I, the players got to find. I, I will. All right. I so, always look so, at so, Steve. Uh huh. Go ahead, Dom. Go ahead, Dom. I was a big proponent. I was a big proponent of Dennis Smith. Athletic. Right. To get off the ground. Not a great shooter. And how did that feel? But he had how that. that he had that. But you know what? He whatever he had, he never used. 
he won, you know, with the playing time he got on numerous teams, he never improved his outside shot. Let's keep it real. He never improved his court vision from when I saw him play at high school. When he played in high school, guys, I watched him in high school. He right, never right, was right. a good exactly. passer. Yeah, he never was a good. So the things that he wasn't good on, but you're getting the opportunity to play and improve. Again, we don't see what goes on behind closed doors. We see that's the game. Big, that, that's we see right, right. And, you know, we've been over this a million times with Kevin Knox and having to buy a new motor every year. And guess what? He's on his, what, fourth team? So mm-hmm. is it, is, did, did four teams drop the developmental ball with Kevin Knox? Did five teams drop the developmental ball with Dennis Smith Jr.? Cam Reddish, he's on his, what, fourth team? Third team going on four? Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes, guys, believe it or not, we got to say, yo, Steve, you got more than a nickel in this dime. Where is your improvement as an individual, as a ball player? Again, some of these guys we just mentioned have played for more than just the Knicks. Have you noticed anything different in the box scores? Well, I agree. I was actually more focused on – but listen, you're right. But I'm also focused on the homegrown guys. I was trying to focus on the guys we actually drafted. The guys that we drafted, they don't just show up and put on a Knicks uniform. These guys are actually selected by the team to play for the Knicks. So – yeah, I mean, listen, we're saying the same thing well, in different ways. But, this is, but, uh, but at the same time, Steve, Steve, to see, but you see, you're talking about the guys that we've selected. Remember who was doing the selecting? Yeah. We, we've had right, Phil right. Jackson, Steve Mills, Scott Perry, and, you know, it just goes to show you that when you have a horrible, you know, a horrible picker, you're going to have horrible results. You know, if, if all you're worried about is about specific skill sets to fit a scheme, or you or, or or in Kevin Knox's case, a good kid with a good with a good head on his shoulders and such a nice fellow, or you know, or, or, or you know whatever the case, or a CAA connection, or whatever the case may be, if you're talking about those things, then at that point you have to then look at the person making the selections, and that's where you know that decision comes from up top. Yeah. Now, well, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, hopefully, now hopefully, you know, we've already, um, you know, corrected that situation considering that Leon Rose is the president and it, it, it looks more than likely that um, that guy Rojas is going to be the new GM. Hasn't, hasn't been announced yet, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be the next GM uh, I'm going forward. And we're going to see – you know, what they do or how they how they're gonna get themselves into this draft. Or are they gonna get themselves into the draft? Or are they gonna make a splash before the draft? Because, you know, right now the Knicks don't have a first round pick. I'm 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 surprised that no one's ever like, you know, complained about that. Um, you know, considering that they're complaining you know, that everyone's so, you know, crazy about keeping their their, their picks and stuff like that. But I'm all about, hey, um who can we who are these players gonna end up becoming? Like, if this pick is going to be, you know, a DeJounte Murray or a Trey Young or, uh, you know, or, 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 or a Wemby or somebody like this, if that's going to happen, then yes, absolutely. But if it's not going to be, if you're, if you're just going to select some guy who was on some, on some school's roster playing in some tournament, don't know whatever happened to it, then what is the point? 
I mean, I'm not saying that everybody's a scrub, but the guys that we just mentioned, they were proven to be scrubs in some way, shape, or form, unfortunately. And I'm afraid that Obi Toppin is, is, is going to also be exposed as one as well. Hey, I, hey, hey Steve, I get Steve, Steve, is Ariel on the line? Yeah, we're trying to bring him on. I was talking, man. Oh. <laughs> you can't. Oh, this is. This no, is sorry, I know. Sorry. <laughs> I got long winded. I was talking. <laughs> Ariel, is that you, man? All right, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Welcome to the forum. Yes. Yo, what's up, man? How y'all doing, man? How y'all doing, Don? What's going on, Steve? Thanks for having what's me on. on. Yeah, kid. Uh, of course, man. Hey, 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 I'm good, man. I'm working. I'm on my way. What's your thoughts on Obi Toppin? Oh, that was the first Nick we're, we're, we're focused on as far as getting traded on the locker room thing. Uh, not even that. We're just kind of looking at it in a vacuum. Oh, I was as far as what he did last year versus the previous two years. You know, as far as the trade rumor, I'm not really. That's way out of my rabbit yeah. hole. Or not, that's not even. Uh, we're right. just looking at him in a vacuum. Is it him? Lack of his development? Is it the Knicks? Like what percentage of the blame? How you look I at mean, him in a vacuum? All right, let me let me let me go from the start middle to to where we're at now. So when we dropped that Obi Toppin, right? A lot of people forget Julius Randle was pretty much on his way out, and people that wanted him out of here. I don't think the front office, you know, really believed in him, and they they, they probably felt like it wasn't going to work, so they had to drop the backup, right? Which, in my opinion, was a mistake because I think I want everybody knows I wanted Halliburton, uh, but I didn't prefer Obi. So here's my thing. Obi Toppin, his first three years in college, <laughs> nobody knows who he was. What happened? I was just saying that we were all in agreement on Halliburton a couple of years ago, man. So we were all in the same yeah. at that time. So, so you, he, plays, he plays four years in college, right? He was the whole four years. Goes that route. The first three years, nobody knew who the hell Obi Toppin was. Let's be honest. He breaks out in that final year when it's when they makes the tournament. A lot of people ran and raving about him skill set, whatever, calling him Amari Stoudemire, 2.0. Um, even I thought he was I thought he was a, a, a smaller version of Amari Stoudemire. But we got to remember, too, right, he was playing a, a bunch against the 19, 20-year-olds, number one. Number two, he gets drafted into the league, right? Julius Randle, lights ears, busts his ass, makes, makes the NBA, makes the All-Star game, improves his game by light years, becomes a better teammate, um, a better all-around player. Um, not spinning into a double teams and turning the ball over like he was the first couple of years. Up to the game. Deservedly, the spot is his. Obi Toppin turns into a backup. First year has a, nah, rookie year. Second year, shows little flashes here and there, has one good game, disappears for the next seven, eight. You don't even know he's there. Doesn't rebound the ball well. Leaks out, causing second chance opportunities. Doesn't defend. Uh, too skinny, gets bullied on a numerous occasions, misses assignments. Um, he's, he's already caught cherry-picking halfway down the court while, while the other team is battling for a rebound. Now another person has to pick up his man, which causes another man to be open, causes a second-chance opportunity, right? All the stuff that he does works in the college game. The NBA game is a whole different monster. you got to defend well. you got to defend at least at a decent rate. Or if Julius, listen, Julius Randle by no means, is a great defender, right? But he's not as bad as Nick fans make him seem to be because he doesn't even have the worst defensive rating on the team, like people make him out to be. Because what Julius Randle does, he rebounds well, he gives you physicality, things that you need from the starting four to be to be able to make it in today's NBA, right? Um, Obi Toppin does neither. 
He comes into the game, and if you guys notice, a lot of times this year, he was a minus more than he was a plus because there was a lot of games that I saw that when Obi Toppin came in the game, people say that Tibbs has him standing in the corner. I don't know if people watch Nick games the way I do. I listen. I listen. Sometimes I watch it two to three times. He constantly blows rotations, and, and Tibbs is constantly yelling at him, and teammates have to tell him because a lot of times he's in the wrong spots in the wrong rotation. And he's getting yelled at by his teammates and his coach on a regular basis. And this is the thing I, my problem I have with Obi Toppin. If you want to make it in today's NBA game, there's a lot of other guys that think that, you, that they're you, that they deserve a bigger role. They deserve a better chance. But you know what? You've got to earn that in the NBA. It's not given to you, whether you're coming off the bench or whether you're a starter. So, yes, he might be a victim of a circumstance because you didn't think Julius Randle was going to be a two-time All-NBA, two-time um, All-Star, you know, these last couple of years. He busted his ass and got to where he's at. And my thing is that, if you notice, a lot of people that, that shit on Julius Randle are the same ones that are praising Obi. So this is why I say a lot of, a lot of Knicks fans fall into that conjunct. They did it to Kevin Knox. They did it with Cam Reddish. They even did it with Alonzo Trier. They did it with Franklin Aquino. Listen, I was, I, listen, I was rooting for Obi. I've been rooting for Obi since he came into the league. But we've got to be honest with some of these players at some point, that they're not what we think that they are. He might go into a team. I think, honestly, it's better suited for him. Like, like somebody else said before me, put him on a team that is rebuilding, has nothing to play for. They're looking for ping pong balls. They're not really trying to compete on a team that and it doesn't mean that he's a starter. A lot of people forget that, oh, he'll start another team. Yeah, he's auditioning, essentially, just like Scam Reddish for another team. I was big on Cam Reddish when we traded for him. But eventually, I saw the light, like everybody was telling me before. He's not what he, what he thought I was going to be because he doesn't impact the game positively. You're removing from the starting lineup and when the Knicks are playing better. It's not the only reason why we were playing better, but it was a, bit, it was a part of it because the guy wasn't what I thought he was what it would be because the length that he has, for well, a guy that has a lot of length, I can get in the passing as he has a low basketball IQ, a low defensive IQ, gets to the rim and throws up some bullshit and does, uh, you know, like basically goes away from the contact from what I saw. And not to mention, he just, you know, he just saw he has one good game and then the guy is just a wall, just a, basically doing cardio out there. You don't even forget that he's in there in the game half of the time. Same thing with Obi. He has one good game, maybe a solid game, and then the guy is just a, a traffic cone on defense, doesn't rebound the ball for somebody that's athletic, and his height should be rebounding the ball at a higher clip than he does. And offensively, he does. he's very limited because if you look at it, people say, well, Wild Tiz didn't put him in a lot of pick and rolls. There's a reason for that because he's, he's not strong enough to get to the cup. He doesn't have a dribble package. These are things that he should work on in the offseason. He's already four years in college, three years in the NBA. If he's not, if he's already, mind you, he's three years younger than Julius Randle. So people say, well, Julius Randle had a longer leash to hang himself in the Lakers. And sometimes I, I really realize that, that when certain people have a certain idea of a player, they, don't, they see it for one way and they won't, honest be, or they won't be honest about that certain player if they love him just because he shows flashes. Flashes and improvements are two different things. Because Julius mm-hmm. Randle, like, listen, he embodies them. He embodies the work of what NBA, what New York is all about. This dude broke his leg. People forget broke his leg. His first career NBA game had to bust his ass to get back to his regular form. If you told me Julius Randle was going to be a two-time All NBA, two-time All Star, where he's at now, I tell you, you were crazy because nobody thought that. I didn't think that. I knew he was going to be good. I didn't think he was going to be this good. You know, unfortunately. The people use the two playoff runs, and using that Floyd COVID roster is is beyond me because we all know that that roster was atrocious. It was easily schemed. There was no shooters, no consistent shooters. 
on that team. We had Alfred Payne running point guard who couldn't even get to the cup or hit a damn layup. And we had no hands no well at center because Mitchell Robinson went down. So that team was, was, was essentially flawed from the start. And then you go into this year, the guy literally turns it around. I fucking killed the guy last year. Everybody knows that. I killed him to the teeth. And not so much for what he's doing on the court. It was all the other side bullshit he was doing and, effect, you know, affecting his team in a lot of other different ways. But the guy literally checked off all the things I was complaining about last year. It doesn't serve me no purpose to crap on him when he literally comes into the year and he, he basically changes his whole game around, becomes a better person, checks his mental health, becomes a better player, a better teammate, more supportive. Granted, there were some bumps in the road that people over-exaggerated, but unfortunately he gets hurt going into the playoffs. I think if we saw a, Julius, a healthy Julius Randle, we hey, wouldn't be having this conversation about his, his are, playoff, you know, I, futility, or any of that. Hey, Ariel, we, we are in full agreement. Listen, you have no pushback from me on your analysis on Julius and how we're looking at Toppin. I'm, I, we'll go back to you. What are your thoughts and anything else you'd like to add? I think we're in agreement on how we looked at Toppin. Well, yeah, definitely, because like I said, this fan base overrates its players, and I, I it makes me sick because, like, They'll sit there and bash a two-time oh. All-Star, a guy that literally got it out oh. the mud his whole oh. career to Mello. Mello, Mello, And they literally praise a role player. This is something that Nick fans do. They did it to Mello. They did it to you. Yeah, cool. cool. They it's do cool. it to we, everybody. We, 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 we get what, what the Nick fans are on. We get it. We, we're, we're here having an honest conversation. Anything, Avenue, anything you like to add or, 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 you know, about that? I know we're kind of limited on time on the Nick part of the show, but your thoughts. Uh, well, anything well, we should well, go well, to? Well, yeah. yeah. That's, that's actually that's actually what I was going to say. Is that, you, know, you know, we are cutting on time on the Knicks because we do want to touch on the on the NBA. So I'll leave it to this uh, real quick. Everybody on the on the forum, do you trade Obi Toppin? Yes or no? I vote yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean anybody. Anybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Get him out of here. We could yeah, get Robert Covington. Anybody on the mid level that could do the much things better that we need than what Obi Toppin provides. Yeah. yeah anybody. Okay. I, I, I put a yes on that. Absolutely. Uh, we see. Here's the thing. I, I, I already know Dom's actually. Dom's already. Dom already told us. He's seen it up, and I don't blame him. For the last for the last week, I've been kind of behind on shows, like historically. So I'm actually new to Sons of Anarchy. So we we got to put it to a vote. <laughs> so that's why we do the vote right now. It's a gap. Let's do the vote. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, get him up out of here. We could we could replace him. I'm a yes. How are you? How are you just now watching Sons of Anarchy, dude? Where, what, what are you what, doing? Well, <laughs> okay, man. Listen, listen. Not to get because I know we're kind of cut on time. Listen, a lot of these shows I done missed like in the 2000s, late 2000s or whatever. Yeah. Listen, there's a lot of content out there, and I, you know I'm a sports head. I watch sports all year round, man. So sometimes you're behind on shit. I know what, what it really was. Oh, I'm a Steve. There's neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. At least I'm at season two right now. Almost done with it. Oh, I never saw it, Steve. See, look at it. You're another one. You get it on me and I've never seen it. <laughs> you, let, me, let me say this, Ab. There's too many good shows coming out now for me to try to go back and play catch-up. That's kind of my point. We'll talk then... about that another time. We are. We will. We will. You know what? You know what? We'll do a WhatsApp. We'll do a WhatsApp blog. Aaron, you're going to have to chime in with us too, and we'll call in live to see, you know, if you can get his insights on this. But um, really quick on the Knicks. So, you know, so we addressed the Obi Toppin situation. Um, Emmanuel, quickly. Um, what do we do with him? 
Listen, I'll, I'll um, be real If the right deal comes along, we trade him. Um, if not, <laughs> we keep him off the off ball, and we we sign um, Dante Divincenzo because I think we I think Dante Divincenzo will be a good pickup for this next season. Yeah, he's a Dante Divincenzo is actually a winning basketball player from Villanova, national champion. Uh, I like that move as well. Quickly, listen in the vacuum as well, just real quick. You know, his free throw percentage went down from the previous two years. He was doing at high 80s, low 90s at one point. But I thought he he was a very streaky player, especially after RJ got hurt in the Dallas game. He really upped his minutes. His production went up. But he just fizzled out in the playoffs. So he was so Jekyll and Hyde. But like I said, you know, any player is tradable. You know, we we talked about him in the summer league have as far as his development as a true number one. But he's really a tweener. It's kind of like a, a, a notch or two under his running mate in, in college, like Max. He's kind of like a similar type of player. But anybody's tradable. You know, I, and it questions yeah. to me what had happened with him, especially in the playoffs. So that's kind of where I stand on quickly in this, a quick summary. You know, Don, your thoughts? And then I don't. Go back. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going all in. I'm going all in. Quickly, quickly, RJ, Obi, and maybe a pick. Zach Levine. And because we're taking that off the hand, you got to throw in Caruso. I'm all in. I don't know how the how the trade machine will do that. I have to try that out later, but I don't hate it. Do not hate it, Ariel. Listen, I, I you know where I stand with that, man. I, I think um, I like quickly a lot, but like I said, if the right deal comes along and it's an upgrade, I'm moving them. Um, I think that, like I said, we can't pay all these kids. And um, if we could get somebody here that's proven, that can get it done when the games matter, and it's, um, that's been in the playoffs and, and knows how to play in those press situations, um, I'm making that move, man. Um, like I said, I've been on the Dante DiVincenzo, Nas Reed train, getting rid of Mitchell Robinson, and I'm going to stick to that. All right. Ever, um, ever, I got a quick question for you about quickly. Do you think quickly is that his peak value He's not going to get any better than what he did, let's say, uh, this past season. I think this past season, more than likely, I think he had his best. It's probably his better year in most series. What are your thoughts? Sadly, I agree with you. Um, I, and I know Nick fans who are going to be listening to this, they're going to be like, oh, Ab is tripping. But, but, but the reality is, is that I, I haven't seen – I haven't seen, you know, that much flair, that much, you know, that too much of, 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 that, of that killer instinct for him, for me to say, there's still more to him. I mean, there could be more to him, but I just don't think you're going to see that on the Knicks. I, I think mean, that he's I mean, another one of those. I, I just feel that he's... I just feel that he's going to be one of those guys that, you know, if he's going to if he's going to flourish in something very special, he's going to do it under the right coach. And I don't think that Thibodeau is that guy for him. And, and that doesn't mean that Thibodeau has to be fired. That just means that maybe um, quickly needs to go, needs to go somewhere else. Um, you, you know, who's going to who's going to um, put him and has a mentor or a group or or, 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 or a grooming um, you know couple of guys trying to teach him this game, um, you know, a different way. I just don't see him doing it in New York. I, I try to, I try to tell you guys. I try to tell you guys. If the NBA season started in January, Emmanuel Clickley quickly would be an all-star. I told y'all, pay attention to him October, November, December. Watch his numbers during those months, and then watch what happens in January, February, March, April. I don't know what it is, guys. But I started putting I, I, legs on this when somebody told Kyle me. Kyle Lowry turned him into baby. Guess what? 
those legs those legs became true. His October, well, no. his, his first three, his first three months. Of, go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry, Steve. No, no. Ahead, the Steve. answer was when RJ got hurt. Remember, he got hurt in the Dallas game. And yes. then I remember I, yes. I went to the game. I remember I went to the game in San Antonio. That was the first game he started because RJ was hurt and he had like 36 points and started. And they yes. lost that game. But he, when you up when his minutes got up, his production got better. So and then Brunson got hurt a little bit. So he's one of those weird players that his production value went better. Listen, I don't hate quickly, but I kind of look at it as far as I don't know if we're going to get any better than that. So you get you try to get guys at their top value and get them get get something for them now before you lose that right. value. That's kind of how. And I look this at is, it. Were you training for Zach Yes. Training for who? For, Do- for Zach Levine. Would you include him in the trade yeah. for Zach Levine? Yes, I would. Yes, yes I would. what, guys? Him getting, him getting traded for Zach Levine <laughs> is a win-win for everybody. What's up, bro? To include him. We never know when Lonzo Ball's going to play again, so he may be their starting point guard. It's a win-win. And, 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 and he, will get, he will be in a position where he can actually flourish. He'll be on a team that's it somewhat works. still competing because they're not completely rebuilding well, yet, well, unless, well. not unless they do something with DeRozan. And he can learn under DeRozan. Win-win. Win-win for him. Real quick, he, real quick on yeah. the Bulls. The Bulls, got a, they, they, they're one of those teams, they have two closers, and that's a very good thing to have, but that situation in Chicago is just definitely not working. I don't think it's because of those two guys, but for the Knicks to have that, a shot maker, a creator, oh, yeah, absolutely. If you could find a way to package a deal to get that, I'm cool with that. I, I'm more than cool with that. Zach Levine is a closer. The Knicks, uh, he would solve the RJ problem because RJ's not a closer. Zach Levine is. No. Brunson's probably is, too. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, of course. But this is not Don, a knock on quickly. This is more, yeah, yeah, real quick. Go ahead, Don. Let me ask you all a question. Zach Levine, Julius Randle. RJ, I mean, Julius Randle, Brunson, Zach Levine. Is that better than RJ, Brunson, yes. Randle? Yes. Hell yes. 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 Hell yeah. Yes. Zach okay. Levine, so, I'm leave it at this. Zach, so, Zach so, Levine, and I'm, and I'm glad people don't bring it up no more, because everybody says his injuries. He had one injury, and I dare somebody to check his numbers after the year he came back from that injury. Check his numbers. Played the last couple of years. I don't know why people exaggerate that. He exploded. He because exploded of his contract. Coming back from that Achilles. It ain't been hurt since. Don't matter. We're, listen, we're over the cop anyway. We got to add talent on this team, man. We don't we, right. we can't, we can't regress. You're not getting it. Dude, dude, I agree with you 1,000%, but this is, the, you know, this is what the chatterbox is, you know, like to, like to throw out. Oh, he's injury prone. Oh, he's this. I know oh, that. Oh. Hey, 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 some Knicks fans don't want to make moves. They want to stay hey, high hey, so they can hey, come and bitch next year about how we suck and the management sucks and we don't, can't get anybody. Come on, they're crying over Christoph Porzingis, Mr. Glass. What does that tell you? This is the AP class, man. I'm not worried about what the lower level. Not to knock the fans. The fans are going to say what they're going to say. The intelligence is on this side of the classroom or the side of the school. You know, I wish you. Now, I'll be honest. Don, remember a couple of years ago? This is even going back to when Hardaway Jr. was a Nick. And I remember Hardaway Jr. had that Nick contract. And I remember the Bulls got Levine from the Wolves. And they paid him all that money. I did not know Levine had that all that in him because all we knew because the NBA's lack of of, of showcasing certain players, 
as highlight, you know, like dunk contest type of dude. I did not know Levine had all that in him because you didn't really see that mm-hmm. at UCLA like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So he, his here, game was very translated to today's NBA. Absolutely. Here, here, here was the catch. Here was the catch with Levine, Steve. Because yeah. we remember, one, yeah. he got traded because Thibodeau wanted Derrick Rose. It wasn't he didn't like Zach Levine. He wanted Derrick Rose. Minnesota needed a point guard. Zach Levine wasn't the Zach Levine he is today. Zach Levine goes right, right. to Chicago. Zach Levine has always been athletic and can shoot. Zach Levine blew out his ACL. Zach mm-hmm. Levine came back from that ACL. He's flying through the air with the greatest of me. He should have won every slam dunk contest he was in. This is where we got confused. We got confused with the Wolves gave up on him, and wow, he's a good dunker. But nobody took the time to look at his numbers, his points, his rebounds, his, his assists. His field goal, his three, nobody took the time to look at his numbers. He got put in a box, mm. and everybody just kept that box right where it was at. This kid is a hell of a and player, guys. See, they're not going to fool you, Don, because you have the NBA League pass. You go searching for these games. This is right. why you talk eloquently on the Nuggets and the Wolves. Like, I'm going to be honest. I was in that, too, because I didn't, I didn't watch a lot of Wolves games at that time, you know? Like, so that's kind of the – if you don't go looking for it, you're not going to really know, and then you're just going to be put in a box on what television promotes, and they pr- pretty much promote right. him as a slam dunk kind of cat. So, you know what I always say? You know what I always say, Steve and Ab? Research is free. You can research <laughs> it for free. <laughs> you know, but you see. But, but it's funny, though, because because the majority of the chatterboxes will look at Zach Levine, and they automatically drew the comparison of Zach Levine to Blake Griffin. And, they, and, and, that's, where, and that's where the comparison stayed for a while because well, Levine, when, you know, they have similar body types. They have similar, you know, they have similar successes on contests and all that stuff, and they're memorable that way. But Levine, you know, he's an actual all-around player as opposed to Blake Griffin, who's just still – a dunker, and that's all he is, and he's not, not even much of that right now. That, that, that's not necessarily true. I know we got to go to the rest of the NBA, but Blake Griffin coming out of Oklahoma, he was – there was a time – I remember debates years ago, uh, years ago, before this platform even existed. There was a comparison. Who was going to have the better career, Blake Griffin or Kevin Love? And that was like as 50-50 as mm. Spence, Terrence Crawford debate yeah. were having on boxing. It was that close. I mean, you could see it both ways. And honestly, you could arguably say Kevin Love now, but it was close back then, those those debates. Uh, Av, you, you want to take us to the rest of this NBA stuff and we get around? Uh, Absolutely. So so, so, so 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 let's start off with the bigger trade that happened uh, over the week. Uh, Bradley Beal um, was traded from the Washington Wizards to the Phoenix Suns for Chris Paul. And obviously there's a lot of, big, a lot of other pieces that involve in that. Um, I don't think that Phoenix is done. I, I'm, I, and, and obviously we already know that Washington's not done because they eventually traded Chris Paul to the Boston Celtics. Um, you know, for newsflash, if you didn't know, it just happened a little while ago. So, um, I don't know, man. Um, that Bradley Beal situation, I don't know how that's going to work in Phoenix. Um, you, you, you know, when you have, when you add Devin Booker and Kevin Durant on that team, and then you add a Bradley Beal, you know, who's going to do all the shooting? Who's going to do all the passing? Who's going to do this and who's going to do that? Um, you know, um, even though, 
you know, the, the three can complement each other well if you know if done correctly. But I'm, I'm if I'm Phoenix, I'm kind of concerned. You know, I'm happy, but I'm concerned at the same time. What do you think, Steve? I'll be real quick because uh, I want Dom and Ariel to get their thoughts on this. I don't think this is a bad trade for the Suns because I told you last week uh, that Suns owner uh, wants to win. And, and remember, we were talking. You remember, you said you wanted a Kevin Durant light player, and I said no, that's not. Well, I mean, you were using him as an example or a prototype in your conversation last week. But the point is, right? The Suns are trying to win. They have to win because look at what they all they they mortgage. I don't think. Okay, they're going to find a way to build around that nucleus. And there's, uh, this is what I do like. At any given point in the game, assuming they're healthy, there's going to be at least one score in the game at all times, possibly two. Right. You can work with that, especially in the West where it's weaker now. It's pretty much Denver, Sacramento, and everything else is a toss-up. They just got to find a way to fill up around the roster, some pieces. But listen, Bradley Beal is only two seasons away. Away, look, Two years ago, he's averaging 30. Booker is like a okay. He's more of a two. I say Booker's like eighty percent to like Bradley Beal is like a, you know eighty percent of two. But those guys can actually create a little bit some of their offense on their own, not like a true traditional point guard. But the guys got decent handles to get to where they need to get on the floor. Which works out in their in this situation because you can't cover everybody. You can't double Durant and then you know collapse and double Booker. You're gonna leave a lot of guys wide open. You're gonna to have to play a lot of straight up, and all three are in the lineup and all healthy. So on paper, yeah, I think this is this is a good move for the Suns and obviously the Bullets. You know, I was in the Bullets. The Washington Wizards ain't going nowhere. Uh, obviously, and this is why you get the mass contract because not, it's not because you get a mass contract. It's, it's just the fact that you can trade the value of that contract and get something back. So that you know, good, good trade by both teams. That's the way I look at it. But the Suns just have to build around it. Uh, Dom is next. We get to Ariel and Coach Chris has joined the conversation on the rest of the NBA. Uh, just a heads up. Outstanding. The law, the law, the law of averages says it's not going to work. The big three is dead. We we've identified that the big three is dead. You look at the teams that have gotten the way they've gotten, the champions, the people that participated in the championship, the teams that participated in the conference finals. The big three is dead, guys. So you could put these three 30-point-a-night 30, 30 guys on one team. It's been proven now, guys. It's not me talking. You could have all that talent, but it just simply don't work no more because you got too many teams that would rather have a set team, a decent bench. Again, everybody bitched about Thibodeau with his eight, nine-man rotation. How many people did Denver run in the games this year? Eight people. Eight people, eight quality players. They didn't have three 30-point-a-night guys. They didn't have three all-stars, three future Hall of Famers. We shit, we didn't even know no, uh, Joker was going to be this damn good. But they put the pieces together. They played as a team. And let's not mention injuries. I mean, I love Kevin Durant. Y'all know that. He's probably one of my favorite players. But he's been having the bug lately, and he's not getting no younger. The team Steve mentioned before we got started, when he said the West are younger. They ain't younger. <laughs> they'll continue to get older, but they'll continue to do it as a team. Again, guys, I told you all before the championship started, Aaron Gordon was going to be the difference in that championship. He was going to shut down Jimmy Butler. Again, Aaron Gordon, sort of in the boat of Zach Levine. Boy, the guy could dunk. Everybody forgot how good defense he played. And he showed you in the championship, this is what teams are doing. 
This is what annoys me, not to get on the Knicks, what Knicks fans want but don't see. These teams are doing this. You could call it smoke and mirrors. You could call it what you want. But they're not going after these three all-stars or 30-a-night players. They build in teams. Look at this, Steve. You brought up Sacramento. Sacramento, Denver. You know, these teams in the West, they're like, hey, you know what? If we can stay above water, get a piece here, get a piece there, and improve on what we've done while these guys constantly play catch-up, and then we'll have to hear, well, you know, they haven't played together yet, so we're going to give them 140 games, while these teams are growing and winning together. Personally, guys, and I'll end it here, I don't think it's going to work. Phoenix will not go to the conference finals. Denver's going to run it back in the West. So they're the team they're the team to chase. And I don't think Phoenix matches up well with them. Uh, uh, to follow up on that question, do you if you're Phoenix, do you move on from DeAndre Ayton or do you keep him around? Honestly honestly Ab, I think they should. Because back to Steve's point earlier on with the Knicks development, playing, letting him, whatever the case may be. It just don't seem to be working. They're, they're showing you that their direction does not revolve around a big man. Let, let's just be honest. We're all, we're all NBA fans. They're not too interested <laughs> in having a big man. So he's basically taking up space. The problem is, if you all remember, he signed that contract. So right. you don't get rid of them this year, guys. When that new CBA kicks in, it's dollar for dollar. Keep that in the back of your mind, fellas. After this, it becomes dollar for dollar. That shit's going to be hard to match up. So they better get rid of him now. If they're not going to use him, the clock is ticking. Remember, guys, the new CBA, y'all read it, right? Dollar for dollar. Mm. All right. Um, I agree with you 1,000%. And um, the crazy thing is, is that, you know, Reports conflicting every other day about the Phoenix Suns and whether they're going to move on from Aiden or not, you know, is baffling to me. Considering that they made the move for Paul to go, you know, to go to Washington so they can bring in Beal, and now you're you're looking at you're looking at this roster, you know, like you just said, with Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and now you have a, you have a DeAndre, and it's obvious that you know you're going to favor the other three, you know, who are outside, you know. You know, splashing, you know, outside shooters and playmakers, and it's not going to center around him. But you're paying him all this much money, so why not make the move and and find you know and, and find a team to move? You know what? What's actually kind of interesting is that the Phoenix Suns would benefit from a Mitchell Robinson, and, 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 ah. and people, they well, would, they actually would, yes. they would benefit from from, from Mitchell Robinson. Because Mitchell Robinson doesn't occupy doesn't occupy any you know any space offensively, all he does is rebound and and and, and block shots. So that's all you really need him to do. And 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 with three shooters like like the Rand Booker and and Beal, there's going to be a lot of opportunities. So his numbers are going to skyrocket in terms of rebounds, depending on how much time he's on the floor. But that's just a pipe dream. Of obviously, I'm just throwing that out you know for for sure. Here's, here's another thing. Here's another thing I have to look at as we go forward. Soon, these four guys are going to cost you close to $200 million. All of their right. contracts extend. They don't descend. They ascend. 
So somebody got to go. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, you know, the Valley is going to be is going to be interesting over the next couple of years now that they they've incorporated what they did. But let's go to the other side of of the nation real quick. The Boston Celtics have acquired oh, Chris Osborne-Tingis. Oh, 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 you want to get Ariel and Coach Chris's thoughts on that? Or oh, my apologies, my apologies. I forgot. I completely forgot. Ariel, Coach Ariel, first, you, you first. Um, the, the Bradley Beal trade. What are you thinking? <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, essentially, bro, I, I, I think I posted this the other day, right? I said that basically the Phoenix Suns are going to be the next Brooklyn Nets because essentially you added three, you added Bradley Beal to a core that ready that you got too many Chiefs and not enough Indians. You got you got three guys that essentially yes, it looks good on paper, but sometimes when we've seen it already through the last few years, I mean, the microcosm for that is that those super teams don't work anymore. And essentially, there's going to be, like I said, I, I don't even see them getting past the second round, to be honest with you. I'll be surprised they even get past, get it to the, uh, to the Western Conference Finals because it, it's just, like I said, um, there, there's too much, there's too much, um, too many players that, that um, you know, they kind of, they need their touches. And although I like Bradley Beal, but we got to understand, man, Bradley Beal is, you know, you got to remember, there's always that risk factor with Bradley Beal when it comes to injuries, because you know, you got to remember he's, you know, he's been injured for the last few years, and um, those lower body injuries don't really go away when as old you get. He's already almost what 30 years old, so essentially, I don't think they're they're gonna go too far. I think that's gonna crumble. And um, like I said, you got it's, it's a lot of money going around, and it's it's, it's gonna it's gonna turn out to be the next situation. Um, you want me to add on to that Christopher Porzingis thing? Or y'all gonna switch it back around? No, we're gonna switch it around, and then we'll bring that up. So, but thank you very much, Ariel. Coach Chris, welcome to the no forum. Problem, I haven't heard from you in a while. How you doing, man? Fellas, I'm good. How's everybody going? Doing? We're alive and kicking. So, so, so we already touched on the Knicks, but we were, but and now we're already, you know, we're talking about the rest of the NBA. The Bradley Beal trade from Washington to Phoenix for Chris Paul. Um, what are your thoughts? Um. <clears throat> well, first of all, I hate Chris Paul, so the hell with him. I just want to make that known right now. Uh, second of all, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with everyone. I do think it will work. And the only reason I think that is because I think Kevin Durant lately, he's he's been around a long time. He's turned into the new version of LeBron. He knows how to kind of manipulate and put teams together and recruit and, you know, get these guys around him that are going to make him look better. He's thinking he had three guys, you know, he had a big three in OKC, the big three or four, whatever, in, in uh, Golden State. Then you had your three in Brooklyn. He's never been the problem. The Brooklyn thing didn't work out because of one man, Kyrie. None of these guys are Kyrie. Booker and Bill don't act like that. So as far as the shots, yeah, there's never enough shots in the game, right? Like when you come down to superstars, there's never enough shots. But I, I agree with you in the sense that they're going to look around the NBA and they're going to try to find who fits. Yes, somebody like Mitchell Robinson would be a perfect fit for that type of situation. Or the big dude out of Boston, Robert Williams, or somebody like that that fits that mold. 
Mm-hmm. What I want to see is these free agents of who they're going to pick. When you look at the top free agents in this year, you look at somebody like a Jakub Poto, Jakub Poto, whatever his name is, uh, from <laughs> Toronto. Although Toronto loves him, I don't think you can pass up a chance of playing with the potential of three stars like that. He doesn't need touches, really. He does all the dirty work. It really is going to come down to, are they going to bring back guys like Josh Kobe, um, Cam Payne? What is, what is his role going to be? It's going to be all these other guys, right? Like how Shaq always talks about the others. It's really going to come down to who they're going to surround these guys with. Because I think T.J. Warren is still on the contract. We all know these guys, all three of them, Moore, Beal, and Durant, are very much injury prone. But all three of them get sidelined off of some frivolous, I poked my, I stepped on a Lego and tore my Achilles type of crap. Um, it's just the way it is with these guys. So I am interested to see who else is going to be added to that team. I think they're stupid for giving up Aiton, but I do think they are going to give up Aiton because I don't think he fits with what they have going on right now. So I think there's going to be some player movement, I think, after the draft. I don't think they're going to have enough time to pull out moves. A lot of these teams are talking about draft day moves. I don't think, you know, it's tomorrow. If they haven't already worked this out, it's not going to happen. Um, but I do think the week after, two weeks after going into summer league is when we're going to start seeing a lot of players move. Thank you very much. Um, that's, you know, that is another thing to actually look out for. Is, 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 you know, the draft is coming up and it's coming up rather fast. And, um, but, but, you know, I, I, I've seen Steve, you, Dom, you guys, you, and Ariel, you, and you guys have been around a while, and you guys have seen, you know, draft day, you know, trades come out of thin air, you, things that we don't even, we don't, we don't even foresee, which, is, which does bring up the next, the, the, you know, the next trade that did happen out of Washington. Um, they did trade Chris Dash Porzingis, the, the, you know, the former unicorn, to, you know, to the Boston Celtics. Uh, for a package, you know, that includes, uh, I think it was Brogdon and, and a couple of other guys. <laughs> Steve, um, I don't know how to feel about this one, to be honest. I don't know how to feel about Chris Dasperzingas going to Boston. Um, I know a, a lot of Knicks fans were, you know, were really hoping that, that, that he'd be, be, be coming back to the Knicks, um, especially since the Washington um, unloaded on Beal, they figured that, oh, then they're going to unload on Porzingis, and why can't the Knicks go after him, you know, to replace Julius Randle, because, you know, the Julius Randle-hating fans out there. But what are your thoughts? <laughs> Listen, that Christos Porzingis thing before the move with the Celtics, like like I told you last week, man, like that, that ship has sailed, man. Like KP's not coming back to the Knicks. That was that, and I stand on that, and it is what it is. Now, as far as the Celtics, listen, they still have a little bit of a window. They they went out bad versus the Heat, even though coming back from 3-0, and Tatum got hurt in Game 7. They're just trying to find ways to – they have a similar issues like the Knicks. They have lack of scoring at the 5, so this kind of improves that because Robert Williams is more of a defensive, uh, rebounding, block shot type of guy. He's not going to generate offense – I thought when they got um, – what's his name uh, from, from OKC? Uh, Mike uh, – what's his name? Moose, is it Mustafa? Mustafa? Uh, the the three-point shooting five. I thought they would have utilized him yeah. more. They saw Al Horford's three-point percentage kind of dr- drop or dip a little bit because Al Horford for a while, he redeveloped himself 
ever since he was a Hawk, uh, the first stint with the Sixers, I mean, not the Sixers, the Celtics, and then went to the Sixers and then went back to the Celtics. He, he's been in the league for a while because his ability to make those threes as a stretch for, but he did, he was not making them at the rate like he was, let's say, the last couple of seasons with the Celtics. So they're figuring that adding a KP is just going to help or assist what they need to do. So I don't, I mean, listen, if you're the Smeltics, you, you did what you're supposed to do. You, you, you target a team who are sellers, which is the, um, the, the wizards and you, you improve your roster as far as the need. And they needed a five that could permanently, you know, shoot them back. So I don't, the Celtics, it, it, it kind of makes sense. If you was to ask me, it, it's, it was a need. So yeah, I have no problem if the Celtics land that. Wow, um, a lot more than a lot more than I had, Dom. Let, let's not forget, guys. This this trade can go left in a New York minute. If, mm-hmm. if KP decides to opt out, this, this goes left unless he wants to go to Boston. If he don't want to go to Boston and he opts out, we're in a pickle here. You know, he gets to say, you know, kick rocks. I I kind of you know I. Y'all know me. I'm a Knicks fan. I can't stand nothing Boston. So I, I can't understand. To, for me, I can't understand the direction Boston wants to go with that. They have Williams. They got Horford. Now they're going to add Przingis. I mean, I mean they're going to get a little more athletic. But, and I'm not going to talk about KP's injuries. The past, the past is the past. He's played pretty well the last couple of years. I, I got to give credit where credit is due. I'm with Steve. There was a lot of thirsty Knicks fans out there saying, oh, we want KP. I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if they were the same one that wanted him out the door a couple of years ago. Now we want him back. No, that, like, like Steve said, that ship has sailed. So, but remember that, guys. Until this trade is official, official, KP is still in the mm-hmm. driver's seat. Mm-hmm. He could opt out, fellas, and we don't know what will happen then. You know, that whole thing goes in reverse. Brock is back on Boston. And we'll see where it goes from there. You did notice, guys, this trade is not official. That that actually is absolutely true. Um, that deal hasn't been official uh, by, by the uh, or confirmed by the league sources because I think they're still trying to figure out, um, the, the, you know, if there's going to be any kind of draft compensation or or or, or, or you know the. Um, Pending physicals, uh, certain players being named in the trade, but um, it, I mean, I, I don't foresee any problem. I, I'm, I'm, I do see Porzingis ending up there, um, you know, one way or the other. But um, Ariel, your thought on, on KP to Beantown? Yeah, man. Um, I, I don't. I, like I said, uh, I think I'm pretty much in the same sentiment with Dom. Um, a lot of Knicks fans were sitting up there looking like they need some Aquafina because they were real thirsty for him. And I don't see why. That's like taking back that toxic ex. And him going to Boston, to me, doesn't change my opinion about him. I've seen him throughout the years play with um, Luka Doncic and a, and a boatload of other stars. And um, how, yes, the numbers might look good, but at the same at the same token, and maybe he's been playing a little bit healthier last, you know, especially last year. But um, there's just always with that height and that skill set, it's always a, it's always a, a major major issue when it comes to big guys with, with injuries, especially with him. Um, that that thing could go left real quick. I don't see how it elevates them. Um, I, I think that um, I don't think it puts them over the hump or, or automatically makes them a favorite in the uh, Eastern Conference um, Eastern Conference this year. 
And I don't, I especially, I, I think that trade is going to be a dud. I don't think it's going to work. I think it's going to fold. And um, I don't see, I don't see Boston um elevating with that trade, honestly. All right, thank you very much, Mario. Coach Chris, your thoughts. So, yeah, I just want to put it out there first. F Boston. F everything about them. F the Boston Tea Party. F everything about that place. Except for the fact that my cousin graduated college there. I would never step foot there. F the airport, Logan Airport, too. But if you get a healthy Porzingis, and if this trade does go through, I do think he will help this team. I mean, essentially what they're basically doing is replacing Danilo, Danilo Gallinari, who never got a chance to play for them because he tore his ACL before the season started. If you look back at the um, the Eastern Conference Finals, Al Horford couldn't make a three for like two games straight. just kept missing. Right. And it, yeah. it was bad. So you bring in somebody like a Porzingis who can stretch the floor and bring Bam Adebayo away from – the basket because it was to the point where Adebayo didn't really need to guard Horford away from the basket. You need to guard Porzingis away from that basket. So if if this does go through, I do think he does help. He's a threat from anywhere on the floor. If he's healthy, he's a great player. I think, what was he averaging, 25 over here with Washington last year? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, I mean, he still has... Yeah, I mean, shit, he still has what it takes to be a good player. He'll never be what we thought he was going to be, but he'll always be a really good player. Um, I, I, You know, whether he can stay on the floor, that's something different. But when he is there, if that's going to be your third option, fourth option, that's a damn good third or fourth option. I mean, damn. You know, I think any team would take that. So whether he starts at the four, comes off the bench as the five, whatever the case may be. I mean, I, I think he's a great addition to any team as long as he's healthy. As much as I hate to say it, because I'm not a Celtics fan at all, and, you know, like I just reiterated, um, but I do think he would help the team. Hey, I have a question for everybody. Absolutely. Go for it. So so my question for everybody, because we talked about it last week when we looked at the, the Knicks from inside out, you know, where the Knicks, where they could project as far as what their their maximum in the East. So, so let's ask from the Boston perspective. Dom, if I could ask you or Ab, let's start with you and then go to Dom. Currently constructed all the rosters as of right now. We don't know what was going to finalize. You think Boston is who who is in, who is in the East? Who is that team in the East that we know as of right now? I know it's an incomplete product for everybody. But, I mean, who do we got to go through? Because we saw, I mean, Miami does what Miami does as a lower seed. But how big, who's going to get through these 82 games and it's like, okay, this is the team we're going to watch out for? And who is that team in the East? I don't have a team. Um, but, well, well, well um, until, uh, until I see something different, despite the fact that they were eliminated in the first round by those same Miami Heat, I, I still think it's the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, okay. And, and unfortunately, you know, if that team can stay healthy for a full 82 games plus the postseason, you know, they're probably the Eastern Conference champions. And, you know, they're probably, you know, they would have given Denver a much, you know, much more different matchup and a much more different headache than, you know, than the Miami Heat did. But 
at the same time, I still think that, that Milwaukee also needs to make some improvements, and they probably have to make you know you know give way to certain pieces on their roster currently as currently constructed. And you know, like I I honestly feel that they need to get they need to move on from Chris Middleton. Um, I know that's an unpopular thing to say, but I think that you know you know with his injury history plus Giannis is you know that team's just getting older and. You know their window is yeah. going to close yeah. you know, faster. It's, their window is going to close faster than Boston's because Boston has a history of closing their window and then revamping them, you know, their team and rebuilding it correctly. And in no time, they only need about a one or two year rebuild, maybe, you know, to you know to get to be back at that. But right now, as it's currently constructed, I would say the Milwaukee Bucks. All right. Uh, could you pass that to Dom real quick? Get his thoughts as far as the East, or Dom? Who's the team to come out of the East next season? Now, who do we gotta get past? Yeah, that's a great I question. I think man. I think one. I think it's a toss up between the Knicks and Boston. I think Milwaukee's ship has sailed. You touched on it. Uh, they've gotten older. Uh, to Coach Chris, got Gallinari's on his last year. He's still under contract with Boston. I would take the Knicks in Boston because Philly is topsy-turvy. They don't know where mm-hmm. they're going with their roster, their coach. Brooklyn and Miami, well, they'll be a, a six-seed, seven-seed. Atlanta, they, they may have to shake this up. I hear Murray's already pissed off. So when you really look at it, guys, even if the Knicks run it back, guys, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Knicks fan. I'm, I'm going to try to use a little logic. We was – two injuries away from going to the Eastern Conference Championship. Right, Let right. that sink in for a minute. Two injuries away. Now, anybody could say that. But if you look at the other teams, Milwaukee, uh, Boston, Philly, Cleveland, they didn't have no injuries. And they were getting bumped off like, you know, like if somebody had a fly swatter. The Knicks suffered injuries during that run and still went six games. Still went a bad pass from Jalen Brunson to that game six, possibly going into overtime. Let's just try to put a little thing. And I'm, again, I'm not saying this because I'm a Knicks fan. I'm saying this because, one, the Knicks triply improved their offense. Did you all know, guys, they had the fourth largest increase in offensive input in NBA history in one year? The Knicks, offense, that don't even come in the same – that shouldn't even be in the same sentence when you say Knicks and Thibodeau. But it was the fourth highest jump from one season to another in NBA history. And we know they could play defense. You take away those injuries, guys. I, I, I got the Knicks in Boston, fellas. I'm, Ab, you hit it, man. They got quite a few guys in Milwaukee on hitting 30. Lopez, mm-hmm. 35. Greek Freak creeping up on 30. I like Middleton, but you know what? Mm-hmm. Quiet as it's kept. Drew Holiday's 33 years old, fellas. He ain't the Drew Holiday he was that I always bragged about, best two-way guard in the NBA. He's 33 years old. I think the Milwaukee ship has sailed, and I'll leave it with this. Now let's see what happens with them in that market. Who are they going to lure as free agents? And I digress. I got the Knicks in Boston. Wow. that's And I want to reemphasize this. Dom is not just a homer. He's not a homer, like, you, you know, just saying that, you know, because he's a Knicks fan. He's saying that because 
he looks at the numbers and he researches this shit like like, like nobody's business. So if you're not so only listening, that, if you're listening, not, not, go ahead. Not only that, not only that, we got Dom on the on the audio tapes like Nixon during the Phil Jackson years. So he's buying. Yeah. He's, <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Rewind. Damn. Steve, Steve had to go there. Steve just had to go there. But anyway, Ariel, <laughs> um, you guys. <laughs> when I met you. All right. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. I basically, um, I, I totally agree with the whole with the whole Knicks. I mean, I'm out. I thought I was out, you know, on an island by myself, thinking that in my head. But um, essentially, nah. man, uh, I, I don't see I don't see Miami Heat um, replicating what they did last year. It was a it was a beautiful run, what they did. But they also got to remember too, they caught a major break when Julius Randle reaggravated that ankle injury. I say it once and I'll say it again. A healthy Julius Randle, we win game one. And um, I just think we take over that series and we eventually beat them in six or seven. And uh, hey, Jay Brunson hey, making that turnover. What's up? I got a question for you. Well, how do you look at Cleveland? You know, that's a team we, nobody really mentioned. What, what, what is their ceiling and what, or what they possibly yeah. could do to try to get to where what you're saying about Boston and, and the Knicks? Once again, I was on the island when we passed up on Donovan Mitchell. I was one of the few that was saying when everybody was talking all the Donovan Mitchell, we should have got Donovan Mitchell and all this stuff. I was the main one out there saying Cleveland gave up way too much of their bench and, and key pieces to get Donovan in here, which is one of the main reasons why I didn't want to pull the trigger on Donovan Mitchell because I've asked people this, and I asked them again. I was going to ask you guys, do you think Donovan Mitchell is a top-ten player in the NBA? Nobody, right? No, no. I, I, so I, 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 I was waiting for That's my thing on draft night. When everybody wanted Donovan Mitchell here, I was telling people, is he a top 10? And a lot of people were telling me I was stupid. I'm a casual. I don't know what I'm talking about. I said, listen, man, I've watched every team every year. I got league pass. I've been having it for the last five years. And I watched Donovan Mitchell constantly crumble in the playoffs when it matters the most. I don't care about Donovan. Yes, he's a great talent, individual talent. Is he a superstar? I still got a question mark on that. Does he elevate a team to championship? No. And the thing is that Cleveland, if you look at them last year, they were, they were ascending. They essentially took away the strengths of Darius Garland, which is him being effective when he has the ball in his hands. Because now you got Donovan, who wants to get his. And if you look at that game, how it swung, when they, when they went to Darius Garland in that second half, I believe it was game, that pivotal game was the game, game uh, two. I believe game three. Game two. No, not game no, two. It was game game two. two, they beat us. Yeah, but game That's three also in that second half. He came out on fire because they let him. That was a Darius Garland of last year. But once, once, once Donovan Mitchell started trying to get his, the game went to shit. And this is the problem I say with Cleveland is that they gave up way too much. Their bench is probably, if not one of the worst in the league, because they took away a lot of their strength from that bench in acquiring Donovan Mitchell. And then on top of that, I feel like them, they have to get a real rim protect. They have to get uh, a better center. Because to me, Jarrah Allen, if you're out there making, making uh, Mitchell Robinson look like Moses Malone, that's an issue. And that's no knock on Mitchell Robinson. I love the kid. We drafted him. I love him. But he was absolutely dogging him the whole series between him and Evan Mobley. And I get it. Evan Mobley's young. He's going to put on muscle. He's going to get better. He has a skill set to do it. But the thing is, they, uh, they basically traded away. They went all in for Donovan Mitchell. And could you imagine if that was the Knicks that did that? 
and we were the ones that got eliminated in the first round, you think these guys are having meltdowns now? It, 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 it would be even 10 times worse. So that we dodged the bullet on that. I don't think, I think Cleveland is this. I don't think Cleveland's going to make it that far. They're lucky if they even make it to the second round. Um, they got, they, they pretty much, they put all their chips, their chips in that Donovan Mitchell basket. Um, I don't see it working. I think essentially it comes down to the Knicks and Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. And um, I think the Knicks are going to actually build on this momentum. They're going to add the shooting that they need, whichever way, whether it be via star or be it a small constellation prize shooter, um, maybe in the, in the areas of Seth Curry. You got Dante DiVincenzo. You got um, Dorian, if you want to go the 3 and D route, you got Dorian, Dorian Finney-Smith. You got Joe Ingles. You can even look into bringing Bogdanovich, Sadiq Bey. I mean, as many ways you can go, whether it be the, uh, the uh, mid-level accession or maybe get a guy on a, on a cheap contract to, to buy in because, um, you know, you got Dylan Brunson's running mate and uh, Josh Hart. You know, you re-sign him, and I think the Knicks are going to actually add upgrades, and um, it's going to be at the right cost. So I think the Knicks uh, will be in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, and that's no bias because right. I don't see anybody in the East taking a leap. All right, all right. To go back to the, you know, to the original question, I'm, 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 I just want to add something to that, Steve and Ariel. Um, well, there's already talk. <laughs> I'm going to get to Coach Chris in a second. I'm going to ask him okay. the same question that was being passed around. But, my, but, but I just wanted to add this one comment. Um, there's already talk of Cleveland trying to move away from Donovan Mitchell. Um, see, you know, while his, his, his trade value might still be high, depending on who, you, who you're asking, um, they're, they're willing to move away from him. Um, and if you, if you listen to any of their, of their message boards or any of their chats, you know, there's a lot of angry Cleveland Cavalier fans that are just now regretting the fact that they ended up getting Donovan Mitchell and gave up so much to Utah for him. And, um, and, and one of them, of course, said we should have let him go to the Knicks. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Coach Chris, the question to, you, 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 know, the, you know, to preface everything was, who's coming out of the East? Who do we got to beat? Who's ahead of us? Who's behind us? Who do, you know, who's the team to beat in the Eastern Conference? So, real quick to go back to, uh, to Dom, uh, Gallinari was included in the potential uh, Porzingis trade. He would be going to Washington uh, to even out the contract. Uh, so he, that's why I said he would just kind of be replacing him. Uh, as far as who who would come out of the East, yes, I do. I do think the Knicks. I do think we gave. Um, the Heat the most trouble when you look back at these games. I know Boston took them to, to seven, but it was like those first three games, they were getting smacked around. They just kind of got hot. They, they looked like the Heat kind of got complacent. They didn't really look like they gave them trouble. And one of those games, they won off of a damn miracle putback. I do think that we uh, were the best matchup. Um, yeah, we had three injuries pretty much. Um and, and it just came down to, you know, they just had more than us at that time. Um, excuse me. Excuse me. Um, I do still think Milwaukee could be up there. You know, as long as you have Giannis, you always have a chance. I think if we look at it, yeah, they were number one in, in the season for a reason. Um, we all heard about the coach and, and the tragedy that happened with his family. And, you know, unfortunately he had to still come to work in, in the unfortunate circumstance. Um, I do think had he kind of been straight, had Giannis been healthy, they would have come out of that, that series and beaten the Heat. Um, 
I still think maybe he, they got a lot to prove now with this new coach. I don't, I don't know this new coach. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if he can coach. I don't know what he's going to do. So it's going to come down to the X's and O's when you come into those those games where um, the games are tight, last two minutes of the games, that's really what it means. Um, so it, it's a it's a crapshoot in that sense. I do think maybe they add one or two pieces. They, they obviously have to sign Brooke Lopez. I don't know how much he's going to ask for, but I think it's going to come down to the, to the Knicks and the Bucks. Um, I think Boston's that close second, I mean, close third. Uh, I still think there's a lot of tension with Boston. I mean, all year what we keep hearing about is Jalen Brown not being happy. So, yeah, he's going to get paid this year, but is that still going to make him happy? I mean, most of these agents are telling their, their players, go somewhere, get your money, and you can always get traded later on. So, yeah, I mean, we may see him get his big contract, but how long is he going to stay there? And how, long, how much does he really want to be in Boston? I don't know if he likes being the number two. You know, you keep hearing about him wanting to be a, a player. Um, it's just a lot of what-ifs with them. And, and like I said, you know, who knows if this Porzingis situation is good. You're getting rid of Brogdon. Was, it was a big help. He was the only real point guard they had. I just don't, I don't know if Boston could take that next step. I'm, I'm being honest here. I just don't see it. All right, thank you very much. You know, hey, we're uh, starting to wrap up towards, uh, towards the end. Yeah, I have, uh, I, I have, I have a, a request uh, on a final thoughts, especially from, like, let's say, Ariel and Coach Chris and Don, too, uh, you know, because an NBA draft, if, on their final thoughts, because we didn't have enough time to get to it as far as draft prospects to watch out for, any names to just throw out there as far as an NBA career to watch out for. So that's just my request on, on, on getting into the final thought. I got, I got one, too, too. So, yeah, I'll, I'll let you have it. Oh, no, 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 no. I was just you know, saying when the guys go through their final thoughts, you know, if they can include that yeah, in their yeah. final uh, thoughts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. Oh, so is, oh, is, oh, it's on me. Oh, oh shit. Uh, all right, well, we're going to, you know, the draft uh, 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 is... Uh, uh, are, we, uh, are we recording? Are we still no, no, live? No, we're here, we're here, we're here, we're here. No, I was just saying. All right. All right, I guess this is my final so, thoughts. All right, well... <laughs> Yeah, let's, okay, I thought you had all right. So, 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 here, so, so here, so here's the here, here's the request, folks. Uh, um, um, you know, we're we're coming down to the final thoughts. Um, I'm going to ask you two series of questions. Along with your final thoughts, you, you, you know, you, you, everybody's going to have about three or four, about three minutes each, and then we, you know we'll wrap up. So here's question number one: NBA draft is coming up. Who are the draft prospects that you're out looking for? Who you who you feel that we should all be looking for to see who where they end up and you know who, which team would possibly benefit from their services? And well, and the second question is where does Chris Paul play next season? I know I know somebody already said that they hate Chris Paul with a passion, so I, I really want to know. So Steve, first off, your draft prospects and where does Chris Paul end up? All right, man. Final thoughts, and this is a great conversation. Uh, first 45 on the Knicks and then the rest of the NBA talking about Boston and everybody else. Great conversation, guys. Uh, listen, draft prospects, man, um, I know everybody's been talking about Wimbyama going number one, but listen, there's some guys in this draft that I do like. Watch college basketball. This is why you watch college basketball for situations in the show. You know, Jalen Wilson was an improved player at Kansas. I like his shot-making ability. I'm really, I really did like Marcus Sasser, and he got hurt with Houston. Uh, Yemi Aquas, when he was playing for UCLA, I, I think he's going to be a decent player uh, coming off the bench. He's an older type of player, or he plays, seems like he's like an old-school player. Trey Alexander from Creighton, who was a good 
uh, scoring guard at Creighton. You watch a lot of Big East basketball, you figure that out. Coleman Hawkins, a big guy, uh, and a guy who could score as well. Which is really disappointing is Zach Eady, who's National Player of the Year. He's probably going to be – he's such a project, just a big stiff, a Sean Bradley stiff. But uh, Nick Smith from Arkansas – um, you know what? My actually, my question is I'm just going to say rhetorically. I gotta, you know, Don. I gotta ask you. You know, you're a big researcher guy and NBA league pass. I gotta find a way to find some of these G League Ignite games. That's where a lot of these guys coming out of the uh, for the draft. You know, you know the Thompson twins and Scoop Henderson. That's just my thoughts. Like, where do we find these games next season? So I have to pay attention. And then as far as Chris Paul, my final thoughts. I have no friggin' idea, dude. That's my final thoughts, ass. All right, thank you very much. Dom, same two questions. Draft prospects to look for, and where does Chris Paul end up? To Steve's question. Steve, some of them, I caught a few on NBA TV. I don't know how else to tap into it. I don't know if it's a local thing, or but I caught a right. few of those games on NBA on NBA TV. But mm-hmm. to the draft, I'm, I'm with Steve. I, I think personally after the first three, it's sort of a crapshoot. But I like them Thompson kids, to, to Steve's point. You know, these kids have been playing. So I think they'll be they'll be pretty good, you know, them two twins. And this is a note. This is a – I can't miss draft for the Detroit Pistons. They they can't go backwards. You know, they, they're building something through the draft. The problem is can they keep them? The Orlando Magic, another team who vastly improved last year, with them young bucks they got. And if I'm not mistaken, they have the sixth pick. Yeah, they got the sixth pick this year. So they're looking at a, a front-court player. So we'll we'll see. But those are the teams I'm interested in. Other than the players, I'm interested in what Detroit does and what the Magic do because, as we all know, the Knicks do not have a pick. So we're really uh, <laughs> we're really asked out. So, But that being said, look at Orlando. And look at Detroit, because if they miss, if Detroit misses, guys, they're in obscurity. Serious. They're, they'll they'll do a, another 10-year rewind, and that's sad for an organization like that. And I really, really would like to see Orlando get better, Steve, because that's a good little trip down to Orlando, a little closer than Miami. So I don't want to sound selfish, but on that note, guys, you know I love you, man. Keep up the good work. This was great, fellas. Serious. Thank you, fellas. Thank you. Thank you very much. That Denardo DP on Twitter, um, Nick Spaces, watch out. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying, just watch out because between Dom and Ariel, Nick Spaces was shut down tonight. Uh, it, it would be a beautiful thing. Ariel, your thoughts? Um, you know, draft prospects. You you, you want to look out for team? You want to look for? Oh, he's off. Uh, yeah, he's, well he's then, on, but Coach Chris is still here. I definitely well, Coach Chris, that, well, I, well, well, how could I not? I almost, I almost skipped him almost each time, and I completely apologize for that. But Coach Chris, thank you so much for showing, you know, showing up for having, you know, the utmost patience. And can you please tell me any of your of your draft prospects you want to look out for, some guys that we should look for, teams that you're interested in uh, to see what they do, and where does Chris Paul end up? So I know everybody thinks Chris Paul might end up with one of the L.A. teams. I think the obvious choice is, you know, him playing with LeBron so he could be a Laker. But I wouldn't put it past the Milwaukee Bucks to try to swoop in and, and scoop him up. 
I know he's available for um, via trade right now. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks, I think, having him with the players that they already have, uh, putting Drew Holiday at the shooting guard, Middleton at the small four, Giannis at the power four, um, I think he would be a great addition to what they already have. As far as um, <clears throat> excuse me, the draft, there's an overseas kid, uh, Ryan Rupert, something like that. He's coming out of New, um, New Zealand Breakers. We all know uh, New Zealand Breakers. They're known for developing players pretty well. I think he's a player that's, that's pretty good. He's a shooting guard, small forward combo type of player. He's got a 7-2 wingspan. <laughs> the dude is, I mean, he's he's a prototypical kind of long, three type guy. We all saw Josh Giddy is is a, a Australian player. You know, those overseas guys, they come ready to play. I'm big on uh, Jaime Jaquez um, and uh, Drew Timmy. I mean, we're looking at an NBA right now that's being dominated by a guy that has an all-around skill set and not a ton of athleticism. Those two guys uh, fit that. And they know the game very well. Um, these two guys, they bring a lot. I think they would be kind of valuable to any team. Just they can dribble, pass, shoot. They have intelligence. They know the game. It, you know, it, it's it's a lot of stuff that they'll bring to the table. Um, the kid out of Villanova, I uh, forget his damn name right now, the small forward, I think he, he'll be a good addition. And I think um, Cam Whitmore. Cam Whitmore. I think he, yeah, he he's the next kind of sleep type of guy that we we didn't, you know, nobody really pays attention to to Villanova right now. Um, they didn't have a good year, but yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, it's them. just yeah. But I think he's he's that guy. He's a sleeper. He's, a, he's somebody that nobody's really paying attention to. Um, I also think um, out of Pepperdine, uh, uh, Maxwell Lewis. He's a pretty good player. Plays really good defense, um, kind of almost, I don't want to say Kawhi, but he's kind of, you know, those guys that don't need the ball in their hands to affect the game. Uh, maybe like a like a Jalen Williams, that OKC, Jalen with the Y that they brought in right. last year. So those are kind of the guys that I'm going to say that, you know, kind of keep an eye out for. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, for my final thought is um, – Guys I'm looking for is, uh, um, you know, Cam Whitmore was one, you, you know, um, I saw him, I, I saw him in one of my few college basketball games that I did actually, you know, to stumble upon. And I thought that he, you know, he was sensational. I think he was some, he's somebody that, you know, somebody that I would have liked to have him on the Knicks, you know, you know, at, at some point or the other, but, you know, you know, good luck to him wherever he ends up. Um, I'm pretty sure he's going to be a top five pick. Um, and the other guy um, you know, that I was looking at was Anthony Black. Um, really, really good, um, really good guard, good, good wing slasher. Um, um, and it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Um, I, I know a lot of, uh, you know, the, the mock drafts have him going to Washington. Um, with that Chris Paul situation, I, I don't know. But, 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 you know, to answer my own question, Chris Paul, I, I don't know, for some reason, I see him in Chicago. I don't know why. They have Lonzo. Why would they do that? Maybe they don't want to take the chances with, with Lonzo coming back off of that ACL. Who knows? But, hey, um, this was a great conversation, Steve. This was an awesome one. Um, I think we touched a lot of points today. Um, I'm, I'm, I think that, you know, we, we really settled down, you know, how the Eastern Conference is, gonna, is, is really going to shape out. The next time that we're on, we'll be back in two weeks, folks. Three. And we will Three. talk about – Three. Oh, Three. three weeks. Excuse me, the boss man yeah, said three. Man. We, boss man said three. Hey, listen, this was the only show this week. The Nickelbacker Avenue Fan Forum was the only show this week. Uh, 
I think the only show next week would be the hockey on Tuesday before the NHL draft. But then the week after wow. that, we're off. Second week of the uh, try, we we off every three every three months. So this this, this is the second time there's going to be another time Labor Day week and then Christmas and so on and so forth. So yeah, we'll, we won't be back till July twelfth. <laughs> Chop it up and wow. see what happened. Oh, that's right into the summer week stuff. So yeah, because you, in, in other words, for folks that who, who don't follow the show, you know, on social media or don't follow us individually. This is the time where Steve likes to go on, on his epic adventures and goes all over the world and stuff and, you know, meets exotic people and, you know, well, birds no, and stuff like that. No, well, no, it's, not, it's, not, it's not that, really. It's really more when you're doing – you guys know, you guys are sports heads. Zool's here. We're talk, I'm talking sports literally every week. All Listen, NHL, NBA, NFL. You know, got a little to the sum of the box, and then also the uh, the Major League Baseball. The, the, the formula works especially when you need a break. You just need a break, just to re- recharge. Because when I get back, I'm like, okay, right. I'm ready to go now. Absolutely, it's really more about recharging, yeah. man. Because so yeah, because go you ahead. know, but you know what, Steve? Because you and I and Susie Prop, we have to sit down and we have to talk about these damn Yankees. Really that do. would actually might be this. That might be Sunday. I'll let you know. I think that would be Sunday. I'll let you know. We need Sunday to, evening. We need to talk about. We need to talk about those Yankees that, because um, that rivalry week was horrible for me. And, 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 and no, no, I can't. I can't have that. If I'm getting my sports fix, I need to be. I need to have some wins. You know, fortunately, you know, Garrett Cole took care of business last night. But I want to see. A little bit more consistency, and I, obviously I want to see Aaron Judge back on the field, but that's neither here nor there. Right, yeah. I'll let you know. Let, let's get you on because I, I want to get your thoughts not just on, the, of course, the Yankees, but around baseball, you know, all the other teams. Like Arizona is a team I want to talk about as well. Like they're, like, really showing people up. Um, and then he also in the end. So, I mean, there's a lot of teams. Pittsburgh is really doing really good things. I talked about them about maybe three weeks ago. So, I, I'll let you know on Sunday. I'll, we can rock with that. And then we got the hockey on Tuesday. And that's it. I don't think we're doing football next Thursday. So, yeah, man, we're getting to the break mode until we get back to the uh, summer league stuff, man. That's how we're doing. Every other week. Well, since- 90-minute format. Go ahead. So, 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 with that, so, with that being said, um, let's close out um, – and since the next time we all see each other or we all speak to each other will be July 12th, I hope that everyone, um, first of all, I hope you guys enjoyed your Father's Day weekend for all that apply. Happy Father's Day. And, of course, you know, happy Fourth of July. I hope that everyone has a safe and, and, and healthy, um, you know, time, uh, you know, celebrating our nation's independence. Um, and, of course, <laughs> if you're a beautiful woman with a big tits, take a vet show success. That's, 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 Dom can explain that to you if you, if you don't understand. Uh, but um, <laughs> um, as always, folks, um, my Instagram has finally been reactivated. I was kicked off for like two weeks. I don't know why it was compromised, and now I finally have access to it. So, so I will be back on that. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nickelbacker Ad. This is Steve Azul for you, you know for uh, on, on Twitter and Instagram. Is that Steve Azul also on Facebook as well? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then um, who knows? Maybe on one of these off days, we'll probably have a Sons of Anarchy recap show because Steve, Steve wants to show up all late to the party. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, man, I know we got to go, but you heard from Don's voice. He ain't never seen it, so you got to hold his feet to the fire. I at least got at least through almost two, two seasons in. 
in about two, three weeks. <laughs> yeah, but now, but, but, but you know what? But you know what? Now, look, we have two weeks off, two, three weeks off. This is going to be plenty of time to at least get this, the first season in because I'm going to have to rewatch some of these episodes because, you know, just to refresh my memory. But it wasn't that far, that long ago, so it's not going to be that many. Dom, if you're still listening, you have homework to do. Oh, shit. Dom is gone, but let's ask Coach Chris before we wrap up. Coach Chris, have you – I think he did, but Coach, did you watch Sons of Anarchy when it's on? And then I, I got to ask both of you guys a quick question before we wrap up. I know we're out of time, but – Never in my life have I watched another show. <laughs> you know what? You know what? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not laughing at you, Coach Chris. It's just the fact that Av is too dead. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm putting my foot down. In three weeks' time, we will have a, a Sons of Anarchy season one review. You guys have all homework. You have three weeks <laughs> to do it. We're going to have some fucking time oh. off. Everybody watch at least a couple of episodes of fucking Sons of Anarchy and we're going to discuss it for at least okay. five minutes. Let me ask you both. Let me ask you both guys a question. This is the last question. My last question. Sure. Is, is there a show out there that everybody watch, like a Sons of Anarchy level that you haven't watched? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a, show, a popular show. Everybody watching you were just out of the loop. You never watched it. So that's my question to you. So Sons of Anarchy was one of them. I'm pretty sure there's a couple of more, but that was one. Like, the Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. I've never watched an episode. See, see, I'm up to that. Matter of fact, matter of fact, the new one, the spinoff, they're in New York City. Ah, they're actually in the garden killing zombies. Madison Square Garden killing zombies. And the new one. I saw the spinoff just just started Sunday. I saw a preview of that on YouTube, but and I was very interested in watching it. But the only reason I didn't start watching is because. I just I never watched the series. I didn't want to jump in in the middle of it and then and, and, and start making comments on it. So you know to do that, you know those shows justice. I'm gonna watch it from the beginning to end. But Ooh, there's so many of them. Dude, there are so many. Lot, that, Listen, that was that show, me, that, I that was never was me. behind. I I watched that from every episode that was from start. Like I was never behind at one episode. I was always up to date on that show. Uh, but I'm all I watched all those series. You know what I'm saying? That's a lot of shows. You know what the show was like that? Like, a few years ago, like six years ago, I was like that with power. Like when everybody was on the power train. I was oh my god, yeah. I didn't watch it. Well no, I won't call them now, but like let's say like five years ago, I was like missed the first four or five seasons or whatever. That that's what I'm saying. Like that's another show like everybody was talking about and I was on it. Like like I'm all of the day. I don't I'm never behind on that show. Go ahead, Av, you said you yeah. said walking there, that's a lot of seasons, dude. A lot of seasons. That's, but, but you know what? Um, with the summer going to be what it is, and, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like I can I can achieve the impossible and, and watch at least the first five seasons, you know, throughout Ooh. the summer. I think I can do it. Um, don't hold me to it. But, but, but like this. By opening night of the regular season for the New York Knicks, I should at least get down to, you know, the, the first five seasons. And if I don't, then shame on me. I'm just a bad person. Let's just, let's just call it that one. I'm just a bad team. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, you're good. We're going to have to bring that to, to Twitter because, man, you was getting on us on the Sons of America. Coach, cause do you have a show that everybody watches that you're like, damn, I haven't watched it. I know since you, you identify Sons of Anarchy. Is there one for you? All of them. 
I've never <laughs> seen Game of Thrones. I've never seen. Coach Chris is too. Um, Coach, Coach Chris is too busy working. That's why he's not. Like, he's not hustling, making money, and you know teaching these kids how to freaking play the play the game right. He's too busy on the playground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the truth. I, I mean, never seen. Um, never seen Power. Never saw. Um, Walking Dead. Uh, never Ooh. saw. Um, never saw any of these Wire? shows. The Wire? Empire? Uh, oh, I, uh, yeah. I, no, I was a big Wire fan, but that was that was okay, when I had time. Um, oh, gotcha, which gotcha. was never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, when you, when, when you think about it, I, I only have, like, maybe the last few hours of the day, maybe two or three hours of the day, and I'm watching basketball. Or I'm teaching right, basketball. Yeah. You know, so so I don't exactly. – I'm tuned out. I don't know all this other stuff. I watch, I watch The Boys, and that's, that's – All right, really, that was a good one. Uh, yeah, and that's that's really about it. I don't get into none of this other stuff. Yeah, wow. Shout out to Coach Chris. Evan, take us out. You got any more? I don't know. We're like 15 minutes over. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You got any? You got any more shows that you got to catch up on? So you, you, you I, know, I can't think of any. Man, that was one. That Sons of Anarchy was one of the big ones that I I, I got to everything I could think of. You you, you want to throw one at me? I, maybe I'm missing one. I think I well, caught a lot. Well, of Coach Chris is missing the Coach Chris missing the boys. The boys was a yeah, good, the boys yeah, I'm, was I'm a good one. That's a good one. That's good. That's pretty good. Um. Let's see. Uh, you know, we're all caught up on the powers. Um, yeah, did you watch Empire? Fire. I'm not into that. I didn't like it. It's not my cup of tea. Uh, power is fire. Well, Power, you know, the, what's uh, the other one? Um, you know, Snowfall when it was on. Well, Snowfall was really great when John Singleton, like, it took a dive when he died, but Snowfall was up yeah. to Power at one point. But Power is, like, Power is the, the, that show is the king of cliffhangers. Uh, and I like those, you know, those, uh, you know, CIA, um, espionage type uh, series, like you know, we, you know, term- the terminal list. I love those shits, you know. Uh, you know, oh. Jack Ryan's actually coming out soon, man. And the, the last one is like next week, I believe. So yeah, I like shit like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. Jack Riley is is, is coming out, and you know, there's a, you know, there's a couple other shows. I know that um, Peacock, you know, just put out a couple of uh, a couple of new shows that I'm kind of peeping into, and then I'm watching some of those documentaries because I love those documentaries about, you know, like missing people and you know murder mysteries and stuff like that. I love that shit. For some reason, yeah. it, it, it just it just capsulates me. Mm-hmm. But thank you very much, everyone, for listening to the Knickerbocker Avenue Fan Forum. I'm your boy, the, the infamous one himself, and partnered by Steve Azul. Thank you to Coach Chris, Dom, and Ariel for joining us. Thank you to every single one of us, every one of you listeners. You know, um, if you if you have um, a you know a show you want you recommend to us, feel free at Bleed Blue Show on Twitter. Um, and of course, as always, Bleed Blue all day, every day, twenty four seven, three sixty five, and azul y la naranja, as Steve would say. Nickelback ass Saturday night. Good night. A finger to the rest, here we go for the next. It's like a finger to the rest, here we go for the next. It's like a finger to the rest, here we go for the next. It's like Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blue, 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 blue.